and welcome to Counsel for the State. I'm Attorney General Lawrence Wasden. Counsel for the State is a podcast produced by my office. Our goal in each episode is to share information with Idaho residents, journalists, and anyone with an interest in state government. Our aim is to increase transparency, further understanding of the office's role in government, and discuss timely legal topics. I hope you enjoy this installment and consider exploring past episodes as well. With that, here is the Office of the Attorney General, Public Information Officer, and Counsel for the State host, Scott Graff. Welcome to Counsel for the State. In this episode, we'll examine one of the most talked about aspects of Idaho politics over the last few months, a special legislative session spurred by and amid the coronavirus pandemic. Special sessions are not the norm in Idaho, but they have occurred with some regularity over our state's history. Of course, these are not normal times we're living in, and in recent months, some Idaho lawmakers have called on Governor Brad Little to call a special session so lawmakers can address laws that they feel need to be considered before their regular session begins in January. The governor has agreed and announced that the legislature will convene on August the 24th in Boise to consider a limited number of issues associated with the pandemic. Since this is new territory for most current followers of Idaho politics, we wanted to shed some light on the law around the special session. Joining me for that discussion is Brian Kane. Brian is the Office of the Attorney General's Assistant Chief Deputy. One of the hats that Brian wears in that role is that of legislative liaison, meaning he is the primary contact for lawmakers when they're seeking legal advice from the Attorney General. Brian, of course, is also co-host of Council for the State. Brian, welcome back. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. So let's start with the legislature's schedule under normal circumstances. When do lawmakers typically come to Boise and why do they do so at that point on the calendar? Uh, So generally, uh, legislators come to town in January um, and they do so because um, that's when the Constitution assigns them their time to uh, meet. Um, And actually, there's a... uh, there's a provision uh, that says, uh, it's Article 3, Section 8, and it says the sessions of the legislature shall be held annually at the capital of the state, commencing on the second Monday of January of each year, unless a different day shall have been appointed by law, and at other times when convened by the governor. So all of the legislature's regular sessions are established by the Idaho Constitution, And then the only person, uh, the only means by which they can come into session other than that regular session is if they're convened by the governor. Okay, and that's something that we'll delve more into as our discussion rolls along. When they come to Boise in January, are there limitations on what lawmakers can address, their timeline, that sort of thing? Um, So the only requirement of the legislature in their regular session is they do have to set a budget. Um, And Idaho, uh, within Article 7, um, there's a provision that says that uh, expenditures can't exceed uh, revenues. And so Idaho is what's known as a balanced budget state. And so every year when the legislature um, departs, the budget for the next year, at least on paper, uh, should come out to to zero, and you know there's there's lots of ways that they get there, you know, through the use of rainy day funds and all sorts of other stuff, and then it comes around uh, the next year, and there may be a little uh, a surplus or there may be a deficit that they then have to to address. Um, most often in recent history, um, we've actually been in a situation where the legislature has um, been fairly. Uh, 
fairly accurate and they, they, they have a tendency to budget in a way that generates a surplus and not a deficit. But in terms of the, the content that they can address, the, the issues that they might address with... Oh, substantively, yes, yeah, Scott, that's a... And substantively, uh, they, they can legislate on any topic whatsoever. Okay. And timeline, it's open-ended, right? Yeah, it's open-ended. Um, generally, uh, the average is about right around 80 days. Um, this past session was a little bit shorter than that. Uh, I think this past session came in at 70 four or 75 days. Um, and, but again, that was a little bit impacted by the fact that the, uh, pandemic hit, I think it was also a little bit impacted by the fact that it was an election year and folks wanted to get out and campaign. Um, and you know, one of the things after you watch the legislature for a while is election year sessions tend to be shorter and non-election year sessions tend to be longer. Okay. And as we talked about, uh, in our intro in special instances, the legislature, can meet at other points on the calendar outside of the typical sort of January through March or April timeline. Under what circumstances, Brian, can the legislature come back for a special session? So the only way that the legislature uh, can come back is found in Article 4, Section 9 uh, of the Idaho Constitution. And under that provision, uh, it's the governor that on uh, extraordinary occasions convene the legislature by proclamation Um, And within that proclamation, the governor then says the purpose for which the legislature is coming into town, right, what they're convening for, Um, because once the governor sets that agenda and says this is the topic that you're that we need legislation on, uh, the legislature is then bound to only those subjects or that subject specified in the governor's um, proclamation in his uh, call for a special session. So I think it's worth pointing out that this is a member of the executive branch of Idaho state government that is essentially in charge of calling the legislative branch back in, again, only for a special session. Um, Brian, I'll put you on the spot just to some degree. I know you're an expert in Idaho law, but not necessarily in, in all other states. Do you have any idea of how rare that particular arrangement is when it comes to getting a legislature back into special session? So I think it, it varies uh, around the nation, and I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I do know um, that there are several states that allow for the governor or the legislature. There are several states that allow the legislature. There are several states that it's only the governor, um, and it kind of depends on the personality of each of those states to some degree and, and what probably what was on their minds when they uh, crafted their constitutional provisions. So the governor has a lot of control in this particular situation. That has been a concern for some Idaho lawmakers as the the spring and summer have played out. Um, Is there any situation in which the Idaho legislature can call itself back into a special session? That's a complex question. Um, And it's because under Article 4, Section 9, it appears that the only way for the legislature to be convened into special session is through a call of the governor. Um, But there's another provision, Article 3, Section 27, uh, that addresses continuity of government operations. Um, And so in the the context of like a catastrophic attack where maybe, um, I don't know, a nuclear bomb were detonated in Boise and it wiped out the executive branch and uh, a bunch of legislators, there's probably the ability in that circumstance for the legislature to convene itself. 
Um, but I, I mean, I think that that's such a, I think we're really dealing with a significant catastrophic type event. Um, and the one thing, you know, even though this pandemic has been uh, difficult on us all, um, it's never actually resulted in government not being able to continue its operations. Let's talk about historical precedent. Um, we discussed in our, our opening that this is something that has happened with some regularity in the course of the state's history. Um, it's been several years since the Idaho legislature has come back into special session in Boise. You did some research, Brian, on this particular part of our, our conversation leading up to the, the podcast taping today. What did you find out when you look back uh, through the lens of, of historical special sessions in our state? So um, as I look back, I mean, if you think like just this 20-year period from the year uh, 2000 to the present, uh, there have been, um, by my count, um, three special sessions. Um, and there, in, in order to get to that third uh, special session, um, we're actually going uh, to uh, the year 2000. Right. And so if you go, if you were to, for, for whatever reason, exclude the year 2000, there would only be two special sessions. And then the other interesting thing about all three of those uh, special sessions uh, in the past 20 years, um, each session lasted exactly one day. And so um, we're talking about a scenario where the legislature was very focused, came into town, uh, took care of business and immediately um, got out of town. And I think that that, you know, when you look historically that isn't always the case. And so, for example, um, in the middle of the 60s, in 1965 and 66, uh, there were three special sessions, and, and those three sessions lasted uh, for 38 days, um, including one session that went for 20 days on its own. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of go further back, and you, you can start to think about some kind of historical things that would prompt special sessions like in the 30s, uh, 1935 and 36, when we were in the midst of the, the Great Depression, uh, there were three um, special sessions. And again, those kind of lasted for uh, several days uh, as the legislature was addressing uh, whatever was there. And then in the 40s, during World War II, uh, there was kind of a series of special sessions. Um, and again, we can, we can start to kind of think about what sorts of issues might have needed to be addressed uh, under those types of, of uh, conditions. Brian, is this an open-ended session uh, when lawmakers come back to, to Boise on August the 24th, or can the governor dictate a schedule? The only thing the governor can dictate is the topics, the subjects um, for what the session is convened. Uh, once the governor dictates the purpose for the session, uh, then it's up to the legislature to figure out how long it's going to take to address those issues. Um, and I think that part of why the governor works so hard to kind of focus the legislative legislators uh, on a purpose is to allow for them to do it very efficiently. But if the legislature came into town and, and for example, couldn't agree on one of the, the topics, uh, yes, it could very well be the sort of thing that goes on for a few days or so. And we weren't necessarily anticipating this as part of our conversation, Brian, but uh, on your last answer there, my email just dinged and I have a press release now in my inbox from the governor's office 
and headlining special legislative session to address election and civil liability during the pandemic. It reads, Governor Brad Little issued a proclamation today outlining the issues to be considered by the Idaho legislature during a special session convening on August the 24th. The governor's proclamation calls for a special legislative session to address the COVID-19 pandemic in Idaho, including election law changes that are needed in order to facilitate a safe and secure November election. goes on to say it also calls for the legislature to establish temporary and consistent standards for civil liability related to COVID-19 that will help Idaho's economy recover in a safe and responsible manner while encouraging careful planning, care and safety in responding to the pandemic. So it appears there are two issues, and correct me if I'm wrong, but two issues only that the legislature will be uh, able to address in this session, right? Yeah, that's what it sounds like, um, and I haven't, I have not seen that uh, press release. Um, but if the governor has listed the two uh, topics, that is what the legislature is limited to. Um, and so, and you know, one of the other things to always keep in mind is that all of the other requirements of legislation uh, still apply. Um, meaning the process of legislating still is the same, even though they're within this uh, special or extra session. And so, for example, uh, the legislature could pass, the governor could call for a special session, the legislature pass a piece of legislation that the governor then vetoes. And then, you know, one of the other questions that, that may come up is the legislature, if they're concerned, for example, about a gubernatorial veto, uh, the legislature may choose to hang around to say, you know, maybe we want a shot at overriding that veto. And those are all little parts of the process uh, that we can't forget about as they consider, you know, what they're going to what they're going to address and in what fashion and to what extent um, all of the all of the political considerations that attend the legal considerations are still applicable. And Brian, remind us, um, this was a, a change in Idaho law or procedure after a Supreme Court decision several years ago, but now after a piece of legislation passes the second chamber and is transmitted to the governor's office, remind us of that timeline, if the legislature were to choose to stick around uh, to potentially override any veto. Yeah, so the the legislation has to be uh, presented to the governor, and that presentment has to occur while the legislature is still in session. Um, And so then uh, the legislation will be presented to the governor. If the legislature is still in session, the governor has five days within which to uh, return it uh, or sign it into law. And if the legislature presents it and then adjourns, the governor would have 10 days at that point. Um, And so I think that, you know, to me, again, that becomes part of the the um, calculus of both the governor and the legislature with regard to, you know, the legislation that comes through. Um, And I think that, you know, when you think about this process, um, really, it's a process, at least the way that it's been plotted out so far, that shouldn't result in too many surprises um, because we have had committees working on these issues throughout the summer. They've actually drafted uh, pieces of legislation. Um, And so they kind of have the skeleton um, and even pieces of legislation that are already ready to consider. Uh, And so, but again, um, you know, there's a difference between having a committee of legislators coming together and discussing an idea and then having all of the legislators come together to discuss that idea. There's 105 of them. Um, and on certain days of the year, you may get 105 different opinions.
Going back to the press release that just showed up in our inbox here as we tape this uh, podcast, Brian, this is a proclamation from the governor. Is this a required step uh, for the special session to occur, or is this special to this particular instance? Yes. Uh, Article 4, Section 9 specifically states that the governor may, on extraordinary occasions, convene the legislature by proclamation. Um, And so that proclamation essentially is the constitutional trigger for a special session. Now, in the background of all of this, Brian, of course, is the pandemic. And with that pandemic, there are mandates in Boise and in Ada County regarding things like masks and the size of gatherings. There are those who are are questioning sort of how these play into uh, the legislature's meeting inside the state capitol. What can you say about that? So the biggest thing to keep in mind is that the legislature under Article 3, uh, Section 9, has the ability to set its own rules of proceeding. Um, and I think that the, the, the key to remember is I think that when it comes to the legislative chambers, the legislature, each body has kind of absolute authority over how its proceedings are going to be conducted. And so... Um, uh, what I think, what I think you'll see happen is that both chambers will probably establish um, whatever the necessary safety protocols are, um, including things that could even include, you know, capacity limits. Right? Like instead of just having a completely open gallery, um, the House or the Senate may say, "Look, um, we've only got room for you know twenty observers or, or something to that effect," um, but. In order to balance that out, because we don't want to enable any sort of uh, secret session of the legislature, which is actually uh, prohibited by Idaho's constitution, um, all of these proceedings are streamed um, so folks can observe the legislature as it conducts its business on these days. And, And I mean, Idaho Public Television does a fantastic job of streaming both the legislative proceedings and all of the committee proceedings. And so it's possible for the public to safely uh, observe all of this as it unfolds. So we're discussing the special session, looking ahead to the timeline for the normal session uh, in January. Do you anticipate anything that, that might occur in terms of procedure or just anything that might happen with the special session here um, next week that could affect the way the legislature convenes come January? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, if we're still under some version of pandemic uh, situation, uh, this uh, special session could really be could serve kind of as a test run uh, for what the legislature may look like uh, in January. Um, And I think that it's also a good way for the legislature to kind of learn um, very quickly from the process of maybe things that they want to do differently or stuff to change or or maybe they want to um, think about, you know, if we get everybody together in person, is that the best solution or should we have some sort of uh, alternate virtual sort of solution? And I think that, you know, by having this special session now, it gives the legislature the opportunity to experience meeting under these conditions and then to figure out what is going to work and what's not going to work and then make uh, adjustments or decisions as necessary based on their experiences over the, ne- over the, special, the day or two of the special session. 
And remind us, Brian, in the Constitution, what part uh, addresses the uh, legislature meeting by Zoom? <laughs> uh, well, so there, there is a, um, so there's a, a place um, in, it's actually Article 3, Section 9, um, that allows the legislature to uh, convene with the concurrence of the other chamber. So as long as both chambers agree, uh, they have the ability to uh, meet in a place other than where it's sitting, right? And so ordinarily it's the Capitol, but the legislature also has the ability um, within its uh, within how it proceeds to agree. And both chambers have to be in agreement. Um, and in large part, it's because both chambers are dependent on kind of constant interaction between the two houses, between the Senate and the House, um, for things as simple as enrolling of a bill, right? Once a bill has passed each house, it has to be signed by the presiding officer of each chamber and then delivered for presentment uh, to the governor. And so if those two chambers don't know where the other is, it makes that process very difficult. And so I think that what the Constitution does is it foresees, hey, there may be a, con uh, a situation where they can't all convene in the Capitol um, or maybe the Capitol's under construction or who knows what it is. And so as long as they agree on what that alternate place of, of convening is, um, it enables the work and the business of the legislature to continue forward. I'm sitting here envisioning a, a scenario in which the, uh, the currently unused Albertson Stadium <laughs> <laughs> could house a legislative session. You've got the 50-yard yard line down to the goal line on this side being the House chambers and the other side of the football field being the, the Senate chambers and a lot of speakers and a lot of chairs and a lot of microphones. But Well, you also, uh, I think you also provided a little inspiration if the if college football were to, to have a season and take the lead of Major League Baseball, you know, I think we could easily fashion 105 cardboard cutouts to fill the, fill the stands as, as the first fans. I like it. I like it. Brian, as always, uh, we appreciate your, your expertise. We've talked a lot about uh, the law around the special session here. Is there anything you would like to mention that I haven't given you the opportunity to, to chat about yet? Uh, no, I mean, I think that, I mean, this is one of those things that, as I said, it, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, uh, it's, it's generally very interesting and very fast. And so um, if folks get a chance to, I, I hope that they will tune into some part of the proceedings and kind of keep track of what the legislature uh, is going to do and, and stay informed and continue to get out there and be active, engaged citizens within the state. Brian Kane, thank you very much. Thank you. And that will conclude this episode of Council for the State. A reminder that each episode of our office's podcast is available through iTunes and Spotify. Also, if you know someone who would like to listen who is not a podcast subscriber, they can also listen in by going to the Attorney General's website. That is ag.idaho.gov. All of our episodes are archived there. Just look for the word podcast on the AG's homepage and you'll be able to find this and all other Council for the State episodes. That again is ag.idaho.gov. Thanks again for joining us.